0: in the Team second
1: with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host
2: of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold and the Carolina Hurricanes. Very impressive tonight in a number of different ways, including resiliency. We will get to all of it. We will talk to Alec Campbell uh, and we'll, of course, uh, go through the, uh, the highlights and a recap and uh, just a good win for the Carolina Hurricanes in the Canes Corner podcast morning after edition brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina for the exterior of your home. Anything for the exterior of your home. Whether it's siding or roofing or windows or entry doors or gutter helmets, you can find it at AluminumCompany.com. Sammy Hanna and his company do an amazing job. Best customer service in the industry, maybe any industry, uh, but that's what uh, it's one of the many things that you love about the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Uh, Carolina needed a good game. I thought this was a very important game for Carolina. Uh, a disappointing loss to Florida, a game where... Uh, When you go back and watched it, and I went back and watched it earlier today, uh, I thought Carolina probably blew the game. Uh, I didn't think they played badly. I think that's the misnomer is that uh, did they allow some loose chances? Yeah, they did. Uh, They were a little careless with the puck. Uh, They didn't value possession in the overtime. They could have absolutely, it wasn't just the Gardner turnover. Uh, It was Ajo and Natchez both taking shots they probably shouldn't have taken in overtime against a good goaltender. Uh, So uh, that game against Florida, they still got a point. You move on. Uh, But I thought this was an important game for two reasons. One, you've got four games with Tampa coming up including one that starts in less than 24 hours depending on when you're listening to this it might be in like uh 40 minutes uh so uh four games in what six days against the lightning uh saturday at pnc monday pnc arena wednesday and thursday in tampa so four straight games against a team as good as the lightning uh and to be perfectly frank Carolina had not played well against Chicago at all this year. They were 1-1 uh, one and one, uh, with the shootout win and, of course, the, uh, the loss uh, when Chicago had 70 power play goals, uh, most of them in the first period. Uh, but I thought that uh, Carolina needed to play well against the Blackhawks. They needed to play their own game, not Chicago's game, and they did that tonight. Carolina played the kind of game, Heavy forecheck, for the most part, very solid in their own end. Uh, and that's what Carolina needed to see from a game like this, and they got it. Uh, so a lot of credit has to be given to the way Carolina approached this game, the fact that they were able to impose their will. Uh, and I thought this was a matchup game, and we'll explain what I mean by that in a little bit. It was also a depth game for Carolina. The third line, and frankly, there are three top lines because Rod Brindamore has equal confidence in all three of their top pairings, Uh, but this game was, for matchups, a really good opportunity for Trocek, Niederreiter, and Natchez, and they came through. Now, Niederreiter and Natchez each had power play goals, but that line was omnipresent all night mostly because Chicago, as good as they are or as surprising as they are, Chicago's danger is all in their top six. You know, the the Kane line and then the Strom line right behind it with Kubelik, uh, to me, the um, if Chicago's going to get you, they're going to get you with their top two. Uh, and they didn't do that tonight, even though Patrick Kane was electric because he is one of the best players that has ever been put on skates. Uh, but Carolina's top two lines for this evening dominated the game defensively and the Trocheck line really took care of things offensively and Carolina had a couple of power play goals. I thought the power play was damn good tonight. Every time they stepped on the ice, even when they didn't score, they were good. Uh, and I actually thought the penalty kill was good tonight. Uh, yes, there was a power play goal uh, in the last minute at six on four. Uh, One, James Reimer uh, really had no chance on. It was a good uh, deflection in front by Soderbergh. And there was another goal at 6-on-5 and a delayed penalty, which doesn't count as a power play goal. Um, And that was probably Reimer's worst moment. I really thought that's the goal he should have stopped. Uh, We'll uh, we'll discuss the other goal uh, a little bit later on thought it was the best game we have seen as a defensive pairing from Slavin and Hamilton. Uh, they were horses tonight. They each played more than 25 minutes, uh, but it was the type of night where you want to keep them on the ice as much as possible because I thought they were that good. Uh, we also saw the reason why Jake Bean is in the lineup. Jake Bean uh, is has a long way to go to uh, to be a solid, trusted defenseman in this league but Jake Bean has a high offensive end and he showed that on the Vincent Trocheck goal uh, and if you're going to play 11 and a half minutes which is basically what he played tonight hey, he snuck on the ice for some power, for some penalty kill time too but if you're only going to play 11 and a half minutes when you're out there you got to show something and i would say that while Jake Bean's ice time has been limited Jake Bean has shown something Every single time he's been in the lineup since Rod put him back in, this is now the third straight game. Uh, He's got three assists now, uh, but I thought the best play he made was the assist tonight to Trochek. The reaction from Trochek says it all. Uh, Carolina, remember I said it was a depth game? One of Carolina's best players tonight was Jesper Faust. He is a fourth-line player, but he gets power play time. Uh, he got an assist on the second power play goal, uh, and he was as responsible as the guy who scored the goal on the first power play goal. His his net front, front presence, and there was almost another goal when Taravainen just snapped it at the net because he saw Fast kind of skating in front. Uh, I, I've pointed this out before. Jesper Faust is really... Just a solid defensive player. But keep in mind that he skated all last year with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom with the Rangers. He skated on their top line. Uh, He can play up. He's not an offensive player, but he's a good player. And Carolina's got Jesper Fast right now skating on the fourth line. And I thought the fourth line was effective. Uh, Again, Martinuk was good, uh, Paquette was good, but I I thought Jesper Foss was spectacular tonight. Uh, And I think we've been seeing this for the last few games really coming on. Uh, Also, speaking of coming on, Martin Natchez has been showing you the whole package now. Uh, I know he was out for a little bit with the injury, but he has been showing you the whole package, uh, physicality, forecheck, Hounding pucks, smart play, apart from uh, taking a shot in overtime uh, when he shouldn't have, one that didn't have a chance to score. Uh, but he got rewarded tonight. He had not been able to buy a goal, but he got rewarded tonight with a goal. He almost had two others. Uh, he didn't get an assist on the first Nieder- Niederreiter goal that he should have because he created the play uh, with uh, with a, a powerful forecheck uh, that just sort of forced the uh, the play into the uh Chicago zone. I don't know if it was uh, if it was a turnover or not. I don't just don't recall the entire sequence, but I do know that Natchez created the opportunity for Nita Ryder to score. Uh, and here's the other part or uh, what one one more player I think is worth noting, and I mentioned this was a matchup game. Sebastian Aho may never play a better game in which he does not get on the score sheet. He played twenty minutes and twelve seconds, won nine of fourteen faceoffs and I know Patrick Kane had three points tonight. I think he had a goal and two assists, right? I know he had three points. Sebastian Aho wasn't on the ice for any of those three points. Ajo was on the ice with Kane basically the rest of the night. And uh, Kane didn't do anything with when Sebastian, well, didn't do anything. It's, it That's all relative, right? Um, Ajo did a very good job against Patrick Kane. Tonight, defensively, that line was very good. That was a good four checking line. I thought the stall line was a good four checking line uh, tonight. So, Carolina has a lot to be happy about by the way they played. And here's the other thing that Carolina has to be happy about before we get to the recap Carolina was by far the better team for about 35 minutes in the first 35 minutes of this game. They were absolutely better. Then Chicago in the first period, they might have been slightly loose at times, but for the most part, they were better. Chicago is going to get plenty of ch- scoring chances because they have that kind of talent. And in the second period, if you could imagine, Carolina, I thought, was better. And they had a 2-0 lead, and the penalty kill looked good. Um, and then, at the end of the period, um, it was an unfortunate sequence. Jacob Slavin hits the post, uh, goes the other way, and Patrick Kane happened. Uh, he just did a spinnerama on Brett Pesci and a backhand that went kind of between the arm and the body of Reimer to the far side. Should he have stopped it? I mean, if it was a normal shot, we'd be skewering Reimer. But I ain't skewering Reimer on that. Patrick Kane, world bleeping class. Uh, that made a 2-1 the last goal of the period was a little unfortunate. Again, we'll get to this in the recap, but Carolina could have been discouraged because what could have been really a 4 nothing game was a 2-2 game, And but Carolina was still the better team, and they came out in the third period, and they played like they knew they were the better team, and sometimes you can really lose momentum two goals in the last three and a half minutes of the period, uh, and you could go into the locker room and feel bad about what you've done, but... By all objective looking at the uh, the first two periods, Carolina was all over Chicago. Again, could have been a lot bigger. Could have been a bigger score, much like we saw against Florida. Could have had more goals than just the two in the first period. And nothing through the first, oh, seven, eight minutes of the second against Florida when they should have had a few more. Uh, but Carolina bounced back, played a great third period, uh, and uh, and won this game. I will say going away. I know it's 5-3 at the end, but they want it to me going away. So let's get right to the recap, and then we'll break, and we will talk to Alec Campbell. It started at 15-22 of the first period. Carolina all over Chicago, and Nino Niederreiter using Zadaroff to become an eight-goal scorer on the season. Calvin Hahn is bothered, loses the puck, kept in. Slavin works it to Niederreiter. Niederreiter hit
0: Scores! Another Swiss missile, Bernardo Niederreiter. And the Canes take a one-nothing lead.
2: If you hear where Chicago loses the puck, that was Martin Natchez doing that. It was really the goal created by Natchez. It was a nice pass by Slavin back to Niederreiter, and the shot was going to go wide, uh, but it hit Zadaroff to the side of the goal, and it bounced in. Uh, past Kevin Lankinen. That guy's a good goaltender, man. Chicago's got a uh, a really good goaltender. Uh, they should be pretty solid in net uh, for a while, unless uh, unless he goes uh, all uh, Tristan Jari on us. Uh, but it was one nothing after one in the second period at 4:03. I mentioned that Jake Bean in the lineup for a reason because of his offense. Uh, it was really a thing of beauty. Meter rider. Trochek. The cross away for Bean who jumps in from the defensive position into the slot. They
0: score! Vincent Trocheck, bickety bam from Jake Bean, and the canes are up 2-0.
2: It really was a special pass by Jake Bean, who the uh, backhanded it back to uh to Trocheck and the slot coming right down the slot between the rings. And it's 2-0 Carolina. Again, Carolina is pushing, they're hitting post. Uh, they probably hit three posts in the period, including this one from Jacob Slavin.
0: Plays one off, or picked up by Slavin. Slavin hits the post, and now Patrick Kane is away at center, but he stumbled. Kane was an inch away from a breakaway. Pesci recovers on the back end, and Kane scores. Somehow that. Back and eludes James Reimer.
2: One time, one day we'll talk to Brett Pesci uh, and see if he needed to uh, pick up his, as Billy Raftery used to say, his lingerie on the floor. It was a spectacular move. That was a bad Billy Raftery impression. Uh, just an incredible move by Patrick Kane. Uh, he ends up going just turning Pesci and knots uh, and Spinarama backhand shot far side in between the arm and the body of Reimer and it's 2-1. Carolina uh, commits a uh, there's a delayed penalty right before the end of the period with like 11 seconds to go and it's no.
0: Six on five empty net for the Blackhawks. Mitchell shoots he scores! Ten and a half seconds left in the period and Ian Mitchell takes the feed with the extra attacker and beats James Reimer we are tied at two
2: yeah not uh not good right you uh you you're really taking it to Chicago a team that has you have had a hard time holding at bay over the course of the first two games you played but you're playing really well then you give up the Patrick Kane goal all right he's a hall of famer you can live with it but then with less than what Less than 11 seconds left in the period. Uh, Ian Mitchell sneaks one through five-hole on Reimer. It's 2-2. Every opportunity to be discouraged. Hurricanes get an early power play in the third. No reason to be discouraged. Gardner
0: in the, the second winner. power play goes to work. As the shot. Goes and they score on the power play. Carolina gets the lead.
2: Just tremendous. Uh, good movement by uh, Taravainen to Gardner to Natchez, uh, Fast being a pest in front on the with the second unit. I think because of Faust, uh, Lankanen can't really get a good uh, view of it off the glove, off the bar, back off of what, Calvin DeHaan and, and, and then I believe, uh, I don't know who it was, but somebody just gave... Uh, I think DeHaan got a face full uh, after, after the whole thing. So Carolina's got a 3-2 lead with the early power play goal. Uh, and then uh, James Reimer, I think, I don't know why he's doing this, but he always seems to save his best for the third.
0: James drive is patted down, and the penalty's expired. Five-on-five five hockey, and Reimer with another big save as the Brinkett loaded it up from the left face-off circle. Now Strome with a turnover, sends it right to the slot, Right! With a huge
2: save,
0: denying Kurashev.
2: Tremendous work by James Reimer in the third period. Uh, I know there are a lot of Hurricanes fans that are mad at James Reimer, that think that Hurricanes need to go out and get a goaltender. Uh, I will just keep pointing to this. For whatever reason, I know the numbers don't look pretty, and it's now seven straight games that Reimer has allowed at least three goals. James Reimer is eight and one for a reason. He makes the big save. I, I I know it's it's sort of like a pitcher getting a win in baseball. It kind of can be a meaningless stat. I understand that. But if you're watching, in the third period, James Reimer's been at his best. It gave Carolina the confidence to continue pushing on. And don't you know, Nino became Nino. Gardner back to Natchez. Natchez darts into the faceoff. Fast is there.
0: The rebound and they'll score! N- Two
2: Number nine for Nino Niederreiter, uh, a super little touch pass from Fost on the doorstep. Again, uh, he has a knack with the net front presence. Uh, Natchez made a nice little move to get inside. He gets the assist uh, on the goal, but Fost with a beautiful little pass to Niederreiter, uh, and it's 4-2 Carolina. Uh, and then just a little bit, uh, what, about a minute 40 later, uh, Jacob Slavin k- came off a uh, came off a down screen and let fly from three point range. Carolina tries to clear it out, empty
0: net with 3:20 left in the game. As Lankin is out there, the Canes get sent to the length of the ice and score. Jacob Slavin is going to get his first of the year, and he got that from about 170 feet away.
2: Best game of the year for Slavin and Hamilton as a group. Uh, Slavin finally gets his first goal. So Slavin and Hamilton each have one goal. Uh, Slavin has the uh, you know three-quarter <laughs> court uh, empty netter. And Hamilton has an EFIS pitch uh, that was never supposed to be a goal, but is the goal. Uh, but defensively, those two guys were great tonight, and it was good to see because Carolina needs them to play that way if they are going to be uh, right there with the Lightning. And we'll find out over the next four games won't we? We'll take a short break when we come back. We'll talk to Alec Campbell, host of Stormwatch and Aftermath and the Hurricanes Radio Network, and my friend Monday through Friday from noon to three. A quick reminder that the morning after podcast has a special David Ayers series starting Monday. Uh, it's commemorating the one year anniversary of the eBug game. There are three episodes. Episode one drops Monday. A quick hint, if you subscribe to the Kane's Corner podcast, it'll show up. It'll show up in your feed Sunday night. You'll get before anybody else. It's sort of like being an American Express cardholder. You get uh, early concert tickets. Remember concerts when we used to go to concerts? Yeah, neither do I. Uh, but the David Ayers special three part series starts Monday. Uh, there'll be an episode Monday, an episode Wednesday, and then the following Monday will be the third and final episode uh, of the David Ayers Walk Down Memory Lane. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with Alec Campbell on the other side. This is the Morning After Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. Alec Campbell, my friend, at Alec Campbell5 on Twitter, Stormwatch Aftermath, Intermissions, Carolina Hurricanes Radio Network. The day job, 12-3, to Monday through Friday. Um, Carolina looked awfully good tonight, didn't they?
1: I liked them. I thought this was their most complete top-to-bottom game of the season. And I know that there will probably be a lot of people that go back and mention the win over Tampa and the two wins in a row over Dallas. Maybe those were better wins, but I think this was – the most complete performance of the season. And even in that Dallas game where they only allowed 11 shots on goal, I mean, that was shutdown stuff, no doubt about it. And maybe we're splitting hairs to an extent, but I thought that there were portions of that game that the hurricanes did not control. Like in the third period, uh, I thought Jamie Ben started getting after people and yeah. you know, whatever I thought in this game, the hurricanes really controlled just about the entire game. I mean, even the goals that Chicago scored. I mean, those were those were goals that happened because teams score goals, <laughs> uh, not because the Hurricanes weren't in control of the game at every other moment of it. I mean, even the first one that Patrick Kane scored comes right after the Hurricanes are putting the flurry on on yeah. on Chicago. They hit a couple of posts, basically a long rebound. You know, I, I mentioned on Twitter they were playing Carol of the Bells with the goalposts and <laughs> uh, you know, a long rebound comes to Patrick Kane, not the right guy for a long rebound to come to. And he scores a goal cause he's Patrick Kane. So yeah, that was world um, class. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so for me and Rod said, this was a great game in the, in the post game. I, I liked most, I liked just about everything from their games tonight. They scored two power play goals. You know, the Hurricanes gave up a power play goal, but that's the ninth time out of 15 games this year that they've given up a power play goal. I'm not so, even mad at
2: their... Uh, I actually thought their penalty kill was good today. This is why sometimes you can get lost in stats. I mean, yeah. theoretically, they gave up two power play goals because the other goal at the end of the second period was on a uh, a delayed penalty. Uh, and to me, that's the only one that James Reimer... you got to have that one. Um, but, look... At six on four power play in a in a three goal game, I'm not saying it's it's okay uh, because you know they all count. But I actually liked the penalty kill tonight. I thought that, I thought they were they were really good at controlling Chicago's kind of manic movement on their power play. I thought Carolina was again. I'm I actually liked the penalty kill tonight. The power play was spectacular. I they were dangerous every time they stepped on the ice on the power play.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, when you're getting goals from guys like Nino Niederreiter and Vincent Trocek, like, you know, I I feel like part of what's happening is a combination of players falling back into what we think they can do and players becoming what we thought they were going to become. And also just having a multitude of people that you have to pay attention to, you know, like in football, they talk about being multiple. Right. And I kind of feel like that's what's happening here where you just got so many guys that are going that you can't focus on one, two or three guys. And it's just opening up everything for everyone else. And, you know, even guys like Nino Niederreiter, like Rod answered the question the way I would have answered it. I've always said I like the positions that Nino puts himself in to score. It just didn't go in a lot last year. Right. So I'm not sure he's necessarily doing a whole lot different except he's finishing. Yeah. And they just have so many guys right now that they can rely on.
2: I would I would think that I would just say this and I think Rod alluded to it. I didn't pay close attention to the post game. I think sometimes when you're confident and Nino is confident right now, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't hesitate. You don't. You're right. just, you're not thinking about anything, and mm-hmm. it just it just allows you to do things a little bit quicker. Like last year, I'll bet you Nino doesn't score that second goal on the pass from Fost because it was such a quick little pass that when you're trying to score goals, sometimes you're just gripping the stick and maybe it just. You're just a little off because there's some tension. There's no tension in Nino's game right now.
1: No, he's just absolutely bawling. You can't think about stuff, right? Because once you start overthinking stuff, then you start hesitating and you miss the opportunities, you know? So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot that I think has to do with confidence, but confidence comes with success. And, He's had success. So, you know, now it's like, okay, I don't have to question anything I'm doing. I can just do it. I can just read and react.
2: We're going to whip out our stars here in a minute. Uh, Nino, by the way, is on pace for 34 goals in a 56 game season. Uh, Vincent Trocek's on pace for 30.
1: I love the competitive drive from Nino. <laughs> Just couldn't handle, could not handle being tied for the right. lead and goals for the team. Absolutely. Had to get the extra one. Absolutely.
2: All right, let's Let's uh, let's get to a, uh, some other players tonight, and then uh, then we'll whip out stars. Uh, and I- I'm going to try and stay with people who are not on my list of stars. Um, I thought Sebastian Ajo, without getting on the score sheet, was excellent tonight. Uh, he had Patrick Kane all night, except – for the three times that Patrick Kane hit the score sheet. Aho is not on the ice for any of those goals. Uh, but basically every shift he took tonight was against Patrick Kane. That was the matchup that Rod wanted defensively against the Kane line was Aho. I think that says a lot about the way he has been playing defensively over the last, really, all year pretty much.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was either him or Jacob Slavin.
2: <laughs> yeah, Slavin and, was... and Slavin
1: and Hamilton were awesome tonight. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I liked Sebastian. I I liked, I liked Svechnikov, although, you know, I thought there were times when he could have shot the puck. I thought he was a little pass happy tonight, uh, uh, more so than other nights. Um, but yeah, I, I liked, I liked them. They, they didn't stand out to me as much as the, the second line did obviously, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have I don't have uh, as many lasting thoughts about Aho tonight, maybe as you do. I, I
2: just I was just paying attention to him on the defensive side of the puck. I uh, also won nine of fourteen draws. It was the best game we've seen defensively from Hamilton and Slavin all year.
1: Yeah, and Slavelton Sla, uh, Slavelton. <laughs> uh, maybe that's maybe that's a maybe that's a, a new nickname for them. <laughs> Uh, and Slavin talked about just like we've talked about with Tabo. Yeah, he, he talked after the game about finally starting to feel like he's sort of back to normal. And so there's just another example of you know COVID nineteen. Yeah, and how long it takes different guys to recover from it.
2: What'd you think of uh, James Reimer tonight?
1: I thought he was okay. I thought he was his best in the third period. Yep. But I think you could make arguments that he could make saves on both the Kane goal and the Mitchell goal I don't know there was traffic in front of him on the Mitchell goal so maybe he lost it there uh, Kane I, I would feel like he he probably had a little bit clearer view on it but it was just such a quick you know surprising move from Kane but that's what players like Kane do yeah that um, You know he was able to score, but you know I, I think he was okay. I'm not going to call it great, but I'm not going to call it terrible.
2: So, Rod always talks about he doesn't really look at you know save percentage and goals against average and things like that. Mm -hmm. But what he does look for are can you make a big save when you need it in the third period, right? And that's what James Reimer has done now in all his last three wins have all been identical. Uh, He's allowed in a goal or two that you go really. Did you have to? Uh, And then in the third period, uh, he does what he did tonight. And I thought he was great in the third period and he is eight and one for a reason.
1: Yeah. I I think that's the best way to look at it. I I love, I love that rod gives us the most level headed (laughs) and like real ways to look at it. Like we don't have to deal with things that don't actually matter. Like, of course, goaltenders give up goals like <laughs> this. Just in other teams score right? sometimes. So you can't judge them just because they gave up goals,
2: especially this right? year. It just seems like there's a lot of goals being scored this year.
1: Just, just like, just like, you know, my assessment of this being their most complete hockey game, you know, someone came, you know, I, I mentioned that on Twitter and someone said or responded with, well, I, you know, I didn't like how things deteriorated in the second period. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. The other team scored a couple of goals you know, that's okay, you know, and Trip and I talked about this in the aftermath and he was like, you know, the, the Harlem Globetrotters were the only team I know that ever really played complete, you know, <laughs> 60 minute games. And I was like, yeah. And even the Washington generals, but you know, scored buckets at times. They did, man. They won, so, they won a yeah. few games. So yeah. <laughs> so just because the team scores or just because, you know, another team, you know, they, they score on the goaltender or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't a complete game or, you know, I don't understand what people look for. They look for like complete shutouts all the time, perfect play from every single player. Right. And it's unrealistic. So hundred uh, um, percent. I, I, I like that assessment from Roddy. Yeah. 100- James came up with the big save when he needed to at the end. So that means he had a good game.
2: That, that save on Kershev, uh, was just absolutely Huge. fantastic. Uh, all right, this is something that I guess what you we talked in the intermission, the second intermission, uh, and, like, I was not discouraged. I mean, you, it would, would have been very easy for them to go into the locker room uh, and be uh, feeling bad for themselves because what could have been a 4 nothing game, because they hit, like, four posts in the second period, uh, was 2-2, and especially with the really late goal uh, with 11 seconds left. But they came out in the third period, and they just picked right up where they left off. Uh, and they were all over Chicago and they got to the, uh, power play and, uh, Natchez gets a goal that man, there are, he deserved a goal because I think nates yeah. has been building to this for a while. He's been showing you the whole game, uh, really for the last four or five games or however long he's been back in the lineup. Um, it was just nice to see. And so he deserves that goal, even though it bounced off like four different things, uh, before going in. Um, So, and I just thought that their resilience by just having the the presence of mind to realize that what they had been doing has been working, Uh, you don't have to get desperate. Just keep doing exactly what you've been doing for 40 minutes and it'll work out. And I think that's what we saw in the third period for the most part.
1: Well, I just think that every period there was no let off in terms of their effort and energy level. And so, like, and I also haven't felt at all ever this season that like that worried I've always felt pretty good. Maybe they are exuding a level of confidence that's, you know, popping through the the screen or whatever. But I, I just feel like they are, unless they, unless they get to a place where they're just, there's just the efforts not there. That's when I get more worried than anything else. The effort was there for the entire game tonight. And I, I just think that they're a good enough team offensively that they can overcome a lot. They can score goals. And when they're, when they're, when they're, when their energy's there on top of that, then they're just going to be really hard to beat.
2: Yeah. Look, I, I, again, Sebastian Ajo has five goals. I'm, I just feel like he's destined to be sixth on this team in goal scoring. And Andre Svechnikov has now gone seven games without a goal what is Carolina's record in those seven games? 5-1-1? One one?
1: It's not yeah, bad. So, it's not something bad. like that.
2: It's not terrible. All right, so uh, whip your stars out.
1: Okay, so I gave them all to the second line just because I wanted to make it the trifecta. Okay. Uh, but Vincent Trocek got my third my third star. I probably should have given one to Jacob Slavin, but I gave Vincent Trocek my third star. I gave Natchez my second star, and I gave a Ryder, my first
2: star. Uh, there, I'm not going to argue with any of those. Slavin very easily could have been a star tonight. Um, uh, I went Jesper Faust as my mm. third star.
1: I like Jesper Faust a lot. I think this might have been his best game as a Hurricane.
2: And I said that a couple of games ago because I thought Faust had really been building to this as well, and it was. I think this was his best game as a Hurricane. He's getting some power play time. Uh, I, I said when when they made the the when they signed him as a free agent and you know that he's not a big scorer but he's a big part of whatever team he's on he played with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom last year he played on the Rangers top line uh, and it's not a coincidence that the Rangers offensively were handled after Brady Shea knocked Jesper Fast out of that series and um the Rangers just were not quite the same without him on the ice. And I like the fact that Rod has taken a fourth-line guy who's, who's big and strong and can play around the net, and he st- stuck him in th- the front of the net on the power play and just said, you do that. And Jesper Faust, he's as, as responsible for the Natchez goal as Natchez. And the little pass to Nino on the, uh, on the other power play mm-hmm. goal was just gorgeous.
1: So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, uh, that that little touch pass Gosh. was a thing of beauty. I made so Nino I,
2: I, my second star. I'm a tough grader. I don't grade
1: off the score sheet. No, you shouldn't. I understand.
2: I uh, made Nino my second star because I thought Natchez made the play on the first goal that created the opportunity for Nino.
1: Yeah, and, he did. Right. I mean, just yeah, came in on the four check yep. and jarred the puck loose. And, uh, you know, the other, the other thing, the other, my other argument for Nita writer as my first star is Nita had the secondary assist to his goal. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he
2: did. He absolutely, it was Nino to Slavin back to Nino, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> After nature's jarred the puck loose, he got it to Nino Nino threw it up to Slavin and then uh got it back from Slavin.
2: Absolutely great. Um yeah, so I made I made I thought uh, I thought Natchez was actually their best player. Uh I just I've loved his game over the last uh, I don't know how many games it's been now since he's been back, but uh he's playing with a little bit of a physical edge. His uh his forecheck check has been great. they hey. so it's just it's Didn't great to see hit? him play.
1: Was it was it Natchez who laid a hit on who was it that he hit? In Flo- against Florida, right? Was it Florida? Okay, maybe I was thinking I of think that. It was, I think
2: it was Florida. But yeah, Nate has been throwing his body around. He's he's playing the whole game. Uh, he's not just a guy who's dancing around looking to score. And he probably dances too much still, but um, he's been playing the full game. And I think he's, uh, I don't know if it's uh, just the chemistry of that line, but I mean, that line is going to stay together for a long time uh, the way they're playing because Trocheck's playing great. He could have been a star easily. He was very he was great tonight. Um, I mean, there were a lot of guys that could have been a star. And then we talked in one of the intermissions, both the intermissions, about Jake Bean. Uh, yeah, that you know he's he's basically his thing is being an offensive performer, uh, and he is giving them that. He didn't play a lot. Played under twelve minutes, I think. He and Gardner both didn't play a lot, uh, but Bean. Does his thing, and when he's when he's right, he's gonna create chances and that pass to trochek. you saw trochek's uh reaction to that pass is like holy mm. blank dude, what a because yeah because a great pass
1: you think Bean plays again tomorrow
2: yeah, I do yeah, I do as long as he's doing i mean he didn't by the way, there were a couple he made a couple of good defensive plays, and I'd actually thought he would play more, uh but I forget the sequence that we saw. Uh, but it was a two-on. Uh, it was a two-on-two, two, uh, but Bean could have easily been out of position, and he worked his way around on the right side of the puck, uh, and it was going to be a pass across. But Bean was there, so the pass never came. Uh, and I just thought that you saw a level of awareness defensively that maybe he'll start getting a little bit more time. But I thought he was, uh, you know, for what he's been asked to do, to be a third pair. Uh, and even though Pesci and Gardner are a pair, you do, all you got to do is look at ice time. Gardner was around 12 minutes tonight as well. Uh, they It was basically Slavin and Hamilton, Pesci and Shea, uh, and then uh, go give those guys a rest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Bean should get another another yeah. run tomorrow. I think he's just continuing to get better. Yeah, he That's is. That's what I've seen. And he's dynamic offensively, way more dynamic than Hayden is. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if Hayden's going to play – He's gotta be the physical Hayden. Yeah, like we saw in the playoffs last year, and I don't think we've seen that so far this year.
2: No, and that's I, that's one of. I mean, there are certain things that you are. It's in your job description. It's in Hayden's job description to be a little physical. Um, the offense and the skating, okay, those are bonuses, but be a little physical, uh, be a little
1: nasty at times. And, well, he, he's just he's just not like. He's not outstanding offensively and he's not outstanding defensively. Right. So then you got to figure out something else to do. And that's completely within his control.
2: Yeah. So Bean is outstanding offensively.
1: Right. Right.
2: And the exposure is not that much when you're playing less than 12 minutes a game. Uh, And Rod can, uh, especially at home, Rod can pick his spots. Uh, so they're going to be at home for uh, for two to Tampa. I am looking forward to four games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know about you, uh, but I think this is going to be fun for four. Well, it could be fun. Uh, it could it could also could be suck. a disaster.
1: <laughs> yeah, could really suck. But it could be great. You right. never know. Could this could you could you know could look back on this as a major turning point of the season if they can come away with an, at least a split. You know.
2: A, a turning point, uh, a positive turning point, or a negative? T- they're 11-3-1. A, wa- a watershed
1: moment.
2: Oh, I love cool. a good watershed moment. Yeah. Right. A
1: watercress salad.
2: <laughs> it's better than a Watergate salad. Yes, it
1: Watergate is. Watergate
2: salad's no good.
1: Nah. What, yeah. what's, in a, what's in a Watergate isn't salad? That is the, is it, is it
2: like, isn't that the green salad?
1: Isn't that like uh, like apples and... Uh, oh,
2: I don't know now. You no. Know. Just, okay. it just doesn't sound like something I want. Uh, okay, and I and I would never break in to have a Watergate salad.
1: I feel like I feel like you get a Watergate salad at a country club. It, That's the only place I've, I feel like I've ever seen it.
2: Yeah, and they wouldn't let me in anyway. Uh, all right, sir. We'll uh, we'll wrap on that. Uh, we have another hockey game in just a few hours.
1: Yes, we do. Think Rymer so, will play? You know, I don't. I don't think you will. I, I think they'll just because they've they've done the whole splitting thing on back to backs, and I I don't think Ned was terrible the other night, so I think they'll go to Ned, but we'll see.
2: I think uh, if they if they had confidence that Mrazik was going to be back, like in the next week, I think you'd see Reimer play. But I think I think if Ned plays, it tells you that they believe that they're maybe two weeks away from Mrazek coming back.
1: Well, I mean, he's just now zipping up his jacket
2: <laughs> and so, tying his shoes
1: and tying his shoes. So if that's the case, then so, we're a long ways off from him catching pucks.
2: So did that did that dad that they showed on Fox Sports Carolinas today on the game? Uh, did he have a thumb have thumb surgery because he couldn't zip up his
1: fly? Must not he must have yeah he must have because it was X, y, z for me through the television screen. <laughs> do people even yell that anymore? I always wonder x, y z pdq a, yeah who's does anyone say that anymore hey X y z
2: I would if I could if i if i if <laughs> I had the opportunity
1: let's bring that back okay bring that back <laughs> we'll we'll talk XYZ. about it on Monday.
2: maybe we'll lead uh, we'll lead the podcast with it tomorrow. all right, yeah, sir sure. uh go to sleep have a uh have a a, a warm. Uh, a warm toddy. That's Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath. Intermission host, my friend, noon to three, Monday through Friday at Alec Campbell 5. All right, we're out of here. Hurricanes with a 5-3 lead over Chicago. They are now 2-1-0 and against the Blackhawks this year. Uh, they don't get a chance to pass Florida because Florida was a 7-2 winner over Detroit. Tonight, So uh, Carolina does separate themselves from the Blackhawks and now we begin four games in six days against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We will start that Saturday night PNC Arena at seven o'clock. We'll have a Canes Corner podcast morning after edition immediately following the game against the Lightning and a reminder on Monday we'll get episode one of the special David Ayers three-part podcast series looking back one year ago. When the E-Bug won a hockey game in the NHL. All right. I am Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at AluminumCompany.com. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, you name it. They've got it. AluminumCompany.com. I'm Adam Gold. This is the Canes Corner Podcast. Canes win at 5-3. Talk to you tomorrow.